What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. You're listening to TMZ Movie Crashers. Welcome back to TMZ's Movie Crashers. I'm your host, Fabian Garcia from TMZ. I'm Liam Connaughton from TMZ. Hello, hello. And by the way, thank you for filling in today. Paige is out, unfortunately, this week. She's sick. She'll be back next week. Um, so last minute notice, we appreciate you coming on. For sure. A uh, lot of movie news this week. Uh, CinemaCon is underway. There's a ton of stuff happening there. We're going to talk about that later in the show. Uh, but right off the bat, I think we can just get into the big motion picture. You've got to get a hold of yourself. And we're kind of talking about this idea of movie stars flocking to TV and to streaming in general. Sure. And we're seeing this more and more. This is not really not something new per se, but it's happening in, in higher volume, I would argue. Uh, the latest example is Julia Roberts and Sean Penn, um, who are in this new, uh, I think it's a stars show. It's called Gaslit. Right. It's all about the Nixon era and the attorney general at the time and, and his wife, Martha Mitchell, Julia Robert plays Martha Mitchell. Sean Penn plays the, plays the attorney general. Right. Um, and it's just, I when so it, it aired this past week, the first episode, and I saw a ton of people talking about how weird it was to see Julia Roberts, A-list, premier movie star, yeah. same for Sean Penn, to see them in a, in a TV show setting. People were like, this is weird. And then one person said a comment that I totally agreed with, um, which was, is nothing sacred anymore? And I, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, like, I'm, and I haven't seen the show yet. I'm right. sure it's fantastic. It's gotten pretty good reviews. But for me, I don't know. Like, I kind of like the idea of people sort of staying in their lane. And I know that sounds very gatekeeper-ish and kind of like, I don't know, like exclusive and like, hella, maybe old antiquated thinking. Sure. Call me old-fashioned, I guess. But I, I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, like, am I crazy to think that movie stars who have always been movie stars and who are famous for being movie stars should remain movie stars? And 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 if they are going to transition to TV, maybe not be so, so not eager about it, but just so willing to do it. Like, I don't know. Like, am, am I crazy? I maybe I'm crazy. I don't yeah, know. I think you are. Okay. Maybe, I think I, maybe I'm a little, a little crazy. I mean, <laughs> I think to the same extent that like someone can find it a little jarring, I think it's also refreshing, you know, mm. to see someone that you don't really see in this kind of 22 minute format or, you know, right. for, you know, however long it might be instead of a two, three hour movie. Um, I think it's refreshing. I think uh, a lot of actors have made the switch. Yes. It's, it's, um, in it's, fact, I'll, I'll go, I'll quickly go through please. the list because I mean, this, again, this is nothing new. This is not a new phenomenon. I would say that, I mean, because, you know, dating back decades, TV stars have transitioned to movies. Not so much movie stars to TV, but that's more so happened in the past decade. Sure. In big part to Netflix, which we're going to talk about in a second. Sure. But uh, I would say that House of Cards actually was one of the yeah. first big that's shows fair. with Kevin Spacey to do TV. Um, other big A-list movie stars who have done TV, Nicole Kidman, Winona Ryder, Matthew McConaughey, Woody Harrelson, Reese Witherspoon, Samuel L. Jackson, Will Ferrell's in this new Apple series. Right. Um, Drew Barrymore, Jonah Hill, Anthony Hopkins. I mean, like these are Meryl Streep has even done some TV. So sure. these are these are movie icons. I would argue, 
they've made the transition to TV. Now we got Julia Roberts and Sean Penn doing it. And to your point, I, I, I agree, it's, it can be refreshing, but I don't know, the, the, the old film snob in me just doesn't like it. I mean, I don't know, I just don't like it. There's something about it I don't like. I, I, I will stick with my guns here on this 100% okay. because um, it's something new. And I think with everything still evolving the way it is, whether it be we're moving to streaming or something like that, there's yeah. a lot more opportunities. And so I definitely get just from a um, finding work Practical, at least, from a practical level. You know, yep. you're working on a show for six months versus a couple weeks, maybe a couple months of a movie. Right. And then looking, so obviously that's one standpoint from a crew, but you have to consider like acting is the same thing. It's longer. It's 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 a marathon instead of a sprint. And um, I think they just get a lot more out of it than TV. Sure. I, I would agree. With I, TV. I would acknowledge right. that as valid. Um, and I have one other thought on this, but before we do, let's let's actually listen to Julia Roberts. She okay. kind of reflected on this and why she wanted to join Gasly. We have the sound for that. She spoke to SiriusXM. Let's hear what she had to say. You know, I love a, a good, juicy ensemble. And I felt like there are so many great stories inside this particular show. Um and so I really loved that idea of it. Yeah, so there she is. She's basically saying that within this show, and like you say, it's, it's a, I think it's like an eight-episode series. It's eight hours of television. She acknowledges that later in the interview. Um, and she says there's a lot of good storytelling here. And to your point, there, TV shows, especially lately, like dramas, they are more intricate and, and high production value than ever before. And I think serious movie star actors like them see that and they're seeing the landscape kind of shifting, and they're saying, well, I can do just as serious work these days in TV. Uh, oh, you have all these streaming companies pumping out these, like, high-level shows. There's a, there's a war going on with that. Yeah. Um, and it, like you said, the, the opportunities are there to act and to, to get work. And, look, I'm not going to knock anybody for getting paid, for staying busy, and for for getting into something that they see as uh, interesting work, because I'm sure they're all interested in the, in the TV work they're doing. Um, to me, again, I'm, I'm going to kind of, I'll stick to my guns and say, I like the idea of movie stars maintaining this air of like elegance or the, this air of like movie star mystique, right? Like I think, and there, I still think that exists today. Sure. Um, like if I ever saw Brad Pitt in a TV show, I would flip my lid. I'd be like, what? Like, what oh, are you doing here? You don't belong in- I'd be very into, excited. Uh, really? Oh, I'd be excited God. because everyone knows what's happening. Like- you yeah, see that, you're and right. you're not I'm, like oh, I'm cool. stuck in the past. I'm stuck in the past for sure. A little bit, man. I mean, don't <laughs> don't forget, don't forget, Marvel's doing this right now. Yeah. They're taking their movie stories and their stars, and they're making six, eight episode series out of it, and yeah. it's refreshing. Not only is it a way for them to expand their story through TV, but it brings all these stars to a TV format, still on streaming, of course. But right. you're seeing people like uh, like Ethan Hawke right now and Oscar Isaac. Who are killing it, by the way. They are. Uh, just watch episode five. No spoilers. Moon Knight, right? Moon Knight is killing it right okay. now. Performances okay. are insane. And it's great that instead of seeing a two-hour um, story about uh, about these two actors and right. everything, you are seeing six long episodes, and it's giving them a chance to develop and really show their craft as actors. Right. Sure. And, you know, you're right. Like, TV shows these days do allow for that. Sure. And I think that's kind of the appeal, maybe, for some of these big movie star actors. Mm -hmm. By the way, we should acknowledge— it doesn't always work for movie stars who want to do TV. Recently, uh, Viola Davis was kind of in the news this past week and past couple weeks, actually, uh, for her Michelle Obama portrayal on The First Lady, which is a new show on Showtime. Um, she's been kind of getting panned for her portrayal, et cetera, et cetera. We're not going to talk too much about that. Right. Um, 
Viola Davis is a movie star, right? In my opinion, I, I, she's a movie I'd, star. Of in my course, mind. she's been in shows, but yeah, I would how to consider get away her murder. as a movie. star. I consider her a movie yeah. star too because she's been. I would argue she's been in more movies and is maybe perhaps a little more. She has an Oscar for God's sake. Sure. You know what I mean? So, and I know How to Get Away with Murder is like a big claim to fame she has, but I would say she's more of a movie star. And in that particular case, she kind of did a TV thing this time. And it didn't really work out, at least from what the critics are saying. It, did, it didn't seem to work out. Um, yeah. So you got to pick and choose. Pick your battles, I guess. For sure. Uh, back to your point about streaming. This is a great segue uh, to talk about Netflix. And they are collapsing in on themselves a little sure. bit. Um, <laughs> they uh, Last week, there was report, not reports that the, the company came out and announced to their shareholders, we lost 200,000 net uh, subscribers mm-hmm. this first quarter. And it's looking worse on the horizon. They're saying we're going to lose another 2 million subscribers yeah. uh, next, I think, next quarter or whatever it may be. And as a result of that, the, the stock price plunged. Yeah. And now people are kind of like, first of all, people are, are, shareholders themselves are very worried. What does this mean for Netflix long term? But also, a lot of people are coming out of the woodwork, in my opinion, rightly so, and kind of shitting on Netflix. Because Netflix is, I mean, look, I mean, a lot of people don't like them for a lot of reasons. Uh, people in the movie industry say that they have kind of been killing the traditional movie model, theaters, et cetera. They don't like to play by the same rules. They don't put their movies out in a theatrical window or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and now a lot of people are kind of smirking, seeing that Netflix is, seems to be kind of struggling. Yeah. Um, and, you know, password sharing is a big thing they say they're going to start cracking down on. We'll see. Um, I don't pay for Netflix. I know that for yeah, a fact. Yeah, they can't stop me from using my mom's account. No, That's no, they sure. can't. Unless they're going to, I mean, unless they're going to track me down and be like, you're in LA, your family's in Sacramento. No, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. well, I guess I'm gone then. But yeah, I'm moving. I mean, the thing, the, the problem with Netflix real quick is, I mean, first of all, everyone knows they spend money out the nose. Yeah. They, they, they have deep pockets, obviously, but they overpay for stuff. Like um, some of their most expensive movies, I looked this up on a list and they were saying that, their most expensive movies range on the low end from like 90 million and on the high end to 200 million. And that would include their the new movie that's coming out, The Gray Man with uh, Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans right. are going to be in that. Um, but what was the other one that just came out that was also 200 million? Um, was it Red Notice? I think it was. Red Notice is okay. their, one of the, yeah. their most expensive films they've made. Jeez. $200 million, which I mean, look, there's a lot of movie theater movies that cost that much, like Marvel movies might cost sure. that much. But the problem with Netflix is that they seem to be pumping out more and they were, we were just talking about this. They they announced they're going to be releasing yeah. movies movie every week. Once a that week. That was back in February. They're like we have and it looks like they have a lineup set. Right. But now they're probably looking like, "Oh my god, look how much money we just spent." That's what on I'm saying. So they they're they're ambitious. They're they're getting ahead of themselves. And I think they're sure. in over their heads with their ambition and the fact that they're trying to release a movie a week. And I'm not saying every movie they put out is in that high budget range, but yeah, no. it's expensive. These yeah. movies are not cheap. And plus, their TV shows are way more expensive. I saw a report saying that uh, strange, the new season of Stranger Things, which is coming out this year, cost them like $30 million an episode? Jeez. That's wild. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So Netflix is overspending. They got to reel that in. Um, but I'm sort of happy to kind of see that they got kicked in the teeth a little bit, frankly. Like it's, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, mean, I mix, I have a, a very mixed relationship with, with Netflix myself. Sure. I mean, I definitely haven't been as, I haven't been going on my Netflix account as much as I used to. Right. Uh, especially since. So much options. Well, especially since The Office was taken off. Oh yeah, for sure. That was like my go-to. But yeah, I'm, I've never been a fan of The Options. I haven't been a fan of like their reality shows in a while. Right. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot of garbage on Netflix, isn't it? It's a lot of empty calories. That's kind of my feeling. To each their own. I mean, sure. there's going to be people that love what 
what you or myself might consider garbage, right. of course. But, You're right. Um, yeah, th- don't forget, they kind of started this whole streaming war thing, you know, when they, they moved did. from DVDs to, hey, let's, uh, you can go on the website and Just watch, watch these movies. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting that they are obviously not one of the first to um, start to decline, but it's interesting right. that they are... Um, Seemingly like panicking about all this as much as they are, as much as they are, because they they kind of they kickstarted this whole thing and now they're dropping. They did. In fact, I think we actually have some sound of uh, CEO Reed Hastings talking mm. about this on the earnings call. Let's let's hear what he had to say. You know, with uh, all of the account sharing, which we've always had, that's not a new thing. Um, but when you add that up together, we're getting pretty high market penetration, and that combined with the competition is really you know what we think is driving uh, the lower acquisition. And lower growth. So there he is uh, just admitting that, you know, there's more competition than ever now, and there is. Um, the password sharing is a problem, but I also just think that they are just blatantly and I would argue grossly overspending on a lot of these budgets. And if I was a shareholder, especially if I was a big shot shareholder, I'd be furious and be like, you guys need to rein this in. Like, this is absurd. You can't, you can't be bleeding money like this. Right. And now you're losing subscribers too. Cause it's like, even their subscriber model, because I think they're also talking about introducing like an ad system, like, yeah. if you, you know, yeah. introducing ads to their platform, which is a huge new thing. They've never, they've always been, you know, anemic to doing that. Yeah. And uh, if I was a shareholder, I'd be I'd be pr- quite upset with them at this point. Yeah. So we will see what comes of that. Yeah. But with that, I think we can transition to our next segment, which is casting a light. And that's kind of where we talk about casting news, first look. Uh, and that we're going to be focusing on the first look aspect of it um, for this segment. Uh, so CinemaCon is going on and sure. tons of stuff is happening. Yep. Avatar 2 just got, a, yep. a, a trailer just got played. Apparently it's amazing. Yeah. Um, Don't Worry Darling, which is the Harry Styles, Olivia so Wilde movie. Yep. The, the trailer for that dropped. Michael Keaton was teased yep. in the new trailer for The Flash. So there's a lot of stuff going on at the convention in Vegas. Uh, but a couple of the things that stood out to me um, was, one, the Barbie movie finally has an, has an image. Yes. Uh, we have Margot Robbie, in fact, I think we could actually take a quick look at it. It's probably right here. Let's see. There it is. So there's Margot Robbie. Warner Brothers released this. Looks to the, like to Margot the media. Robbie. I don't it, <laughs> so okay. So the, the, this movie has been getting a lot of buzz. Tons of people are in this movie. It's like it's star studded to the max. Ryan sure. Gosling's in it. Issa Rae's in it. Like everybody and their mothers in this movie apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's Margot Robbie uh, as Barbie. I got to be honest. I'm not that impressed, to be honest. Like, well, what do you expect? Well, the though? thing, because I up until now, Her hands to be like that. Yeah, because that's like, what I expect. I, I sort of thought that they they were talking about doing like a meta thing. It's like, oh, it's going to be like a meta type movie. And for me, I sort of thought that meant like they would kind of like do like as her as like a plastic doll, but like sort of like alive in a way, like a like live action Toy Story kind of thing. That would turn into cats. You know, it would. Yeah, it would. Yeah. You're right. I guess that'd be terrible yeah. too. So here, I, I know, I know what you're saying. Like it's. This we're just looking at a photo, right? But it looks like it's just girl in the big city. Like, yeah, that's the vibe I'm getting. So right. something more meta would be interesting. But um, yeah, they might have uh, just backed off to save themselves. It seems know? that they're totally leaning into the 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 most cliche Barbie aesthetic sure. you can imagine. Which I, I you got to imagine they would do that for a Barbie movie. I, I can you imagine if this was like a grittier photo? Like she's like makeup all like screwed up that would be I, female I, rambo dude. i, I would be, be interested dope. in a barbie movie like that like you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? here's the dark side of barbie anyway I don't, it doesn't seem they're going to be doing that barbie's backstory exactly yeah, yeah that'd yeah. be <laughs> her origin story yeah 
It's like Lightyear. It's like how the yeah how the uh, the toy came to be. Right. And there's I'm no space. I'm more excited about Lightyear than this. Oh no. Um, but more exciting than Margot Robbie is Barbie. Another first look kind of sh- surfaced at CinemaCon, and that would be. Uh, Naomi Aki yes. um, as Whitney Houston in this upcoming biopic, um, I Want to Dance with Somebody. Sony released this. This is the first poster they're putting out. And apparently they play the sizzle reel showing some yeah, clips of her as, right. as Whitney Houston. But here she is. I mean, she look, this looks like Whitney Houston to me. I mean, you can't really see her face too well. But the hair, they got the, the leather jacket down. Sure. This was Whitney in the 80s in, in her prime. Right. Um, there's a lot of buzz about this movie. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. It, the thing that sort of, I was reading into this and the one thing I'm sort of disappointed by, but I, I still think it'll be a good movie, but I'm very disappointed by, and my expectations are are high, but like, it's very much like uh, Bohemian Rhapsody when- It's written by the guys, yeah. It is, it's the same, you're right, the, the, the writer of Bohemian writer Rhapsody. Of, yeah. So Rami Malek portrayed Freddie Mercury, right. won an Oscar for that role, but he was by and large lip syncing throughout the entire movie. He wasn't really belting out the songs that Freddie Mercury, they just played Freddie Mercury's voice and whatever, and they're, they're going to be doing the same thing for this Whitney Houston movie. Mm. And when I read that, I was like, God damn it. Like, that's not as magical to me. That's not as that's not as impressive to me. And I, and, and look, I'm, we, we should actually have some sound of Naomi talking about this, and maybe that will kind of sort of put a damper on, like, my, my poo-pooing or whatever. Sure. Um, but she talks about this in the fact that the movie's apparently going to focus more so on the behind-the-scenes life of Whitney Houston. Like, you'll see the big moments, her at the at the Super Bowl doing the national anthem, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but this is, Naomi was hired to do the acting part, to actually show you how, what the things that Whitney right. was going through, not so much the singing. Um, she was talking to, it's a drama school out in London that she's an alum of, uh, and they did a Zoom interview with her a couple months ago. Let's actually hear what she had to say. Yeah. A part of me was leaning initially into this kind of like diva kind of thing. And then I was like, wait, if, if they wanted that type of performance, they wouldn't have hired me because that's just not what I do. Um, I was, I, I found myself being magnetized more towards showing her inner world on screen. So there she is basically just saying that it's not going to be so much me being the diva, right, the iconic right. diva that um, Whitney Houston is, it's more so the other side of Whitney Houston that you might not see. Um, and if I listened to this this interview she did, and she basically goes on to explain that um, she she used a lot of her own imagination. She she felt like, at first, she felt like I have to be perfect. But then she's like, no, like this is sort of my interpretation, and that's fine. Um, it's gotten a lot of buzz, but like I love Whitney Houston. Like She's such an iconic figure. Um, I know this movie's going to do well. I, I, if she does well, I imagine she'll get some Oscar buzz too. 100%. But going back to the lip singing thing, I mean, I don't know. Like, I know it's hard to find an actress who can sing like Whitney Houston. Nobody can sing like Whitney Houston. Nobody. Yeah. But like, you can at least try to find a singer. Like, they did that with Aretha. Um, the Respect movie, they got they hired Jennifer Hudson for that. Sure. You know what I mean? She can sing, and that that worked. I don't know. They're not yeah, even but- making, not making an effort in this. They're not even doing that. They're just going straight to lip singing. Like, don't worry but, about it. But you know that if the trailer comes out and she sings her first song and she doesn't sound enough like Whitney Houston. You're right. You know what everyone's going to say. She would get she would get Recast, killed. Recast, she doesn't sound like her. Right. It, so I think this is, it It very much is the same way in Bohemian, Bohemian Rhapsody, excuse me, in that right. you're seeing the behind the scenes, you know, obviously leading up to uh, his last final concert. But right. um, I don't know. I think, I think the music already speaks for itself and what's, Interesting about this is how she got to um, to be where she is and perform where she performed. Right. So I think that's where the acting really comes into play. 
I think it's I think it's fine that she's not singing. Okay. Um, it would be one thing if she had a great voice and she also sounded like her. Of course, you're going to have her sing. Sure. But if she if she doesn't it's like match, an impos- it's an impossible task. You know what I mean? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And it was the same with um, Rami Malek playing uh, Freddie Mercury. Like that's so difficult. Yeah, to you're match right. without people coming after you because it's so iconic. And so same with Whitney Houston. If you're yeah. not going to match it, you might don't as well even try. Not, don't even try to like fight uphill right. for this, you know? That's true. Um, in any case, I'm super excited about this when I heard about this and the, the poster looks great. Yeah. Um, super stoked to see that. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. going to move on to our next segment. The, the Hollywood Hoedown is where we talk about breakout stories right. uh, throughout the week. And there's a couple we're going to get to. First, and I think this, this is a big one. This is a long time coming. This deserves a discussion. Chris Pratt. Why do people hate Chris Pratt? And the reason we're talking about this now is because uh, a couple, a few days ago, somebody um, posted this like viral Twitter sort of like comparison. And they put up Chris Pratt. And who's the guy from The Conjuring? I forget his name, the actor's name. Um, Couldn't tell this guy, what's this guy's name? Yeah, that guy. That guy. I feel sound so, off I, in the comments. Yeah, sound off that in the comments. Guy. If you, the guy, the, the husband in The Conjuring, I, yes. I, I, forgive me, I forget his name. They basically put them side by side in this photo and said, hey, Marvel, hear me out. Uh, why not recast Chris Pratt right. with this guy? As this guy. And this is obviously in the wake of the Thor trailer coming out and Chris Pratt's in that sure. as, as Star-Lord, et cetera. Yeah. So he's obviously going to continue in that role yeah. and with Marvel but there's this uh, this ongoing hate for Chris Pratt. And then James Gunn, the director of yeah. the Guardians and the Galaxy movies, he came to his defense and he tweeted this. He said, m- m- uh, cast, recast him for what? Because of your made up, utterly false beliefs about him? For something that someone else told you about him that's not true? Chris Pratt would never be replaced as Star-Lord. But if he ever was, we would all be going with him. So James Gunn fiercely defending Chris Pratt. And look, other Avengers actors have also came out and defended him in the past. Robert Downey Jr. defended him. Um, I think uh, Mark Ruffalo defended sure. him. And I think one other actor did. Um, and this all kind of gets back to his religion. I, he's, he's a Christian guy. And then and what people, there are mi- maybe misconceptions or there's perceptions about what that means. He must be a conservative. He must be a Trump supporter. He must hate gay people or whatever. Right. Like there's all these people run with this speculation and it it has snowballed into this like viral hate yeah. for Chris Pratt. It's it's crazy to me. And I, I don't really understand it. Um, so, I mean, from from what I learned, it's about the church that he's a part of that's supposedly modeled after Another church that's Hill, anti, Hillsong. It's yes, the Hillsong, that's which is anti a very LGBT. LGBT, right? And so, um, and especially when he was, uh, there was talks about, uh, I believe he went on a talk show and talked about Star Lord, the character's uh, bisexuality, right? Because that's stuff. canon now. Yes. Yeah. And so, and then Elliot Page kind of went on Twitter and right. was bringing up the the uh, modeled after Hillsong and all that stuff. And yeah, Elliot Page has been going after Chris Pratt for years now, sure. saying like, "You're part of a church that hates LGBT," blah 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 blah. I, I saw 
uh, Chris Pratt respond to Elliot Page, and he and Chris Pratt basically said, "I, I our the church I go to and that I'm a part of, yeah. we open our doors to everybody. Yeah. You guys have this totally wrong. That's what I think he's a part of Zoe Church. That's what I read. I don't know what that yes. is. Zoe yeah. Church, some some denomination, but." Um, it's, I don't know. And, you know, uh, Joe Rogan actually weighed in on this recently, um, about the Chris Pratt. Hey, he's, he's friends with Chris Pratt. Apparently they've gone right. hunting together. Sure. Um, I actually think we have a little bit of sound. We can hear uh, what Joe had to say. Just Point to- is he's one of the rare guys. that's like, he's, he's kind of outside of the lines in terms of his ideology. He's a Christian and oh, pretty sure. open about it. And, and because of that, they attack him. And it's something so simple. Like he just believes in Jesus and he likes, you know, he likes to be a, a good person. Sure, and sure, And they're like, sure. fuck him. <laughs> so, that, so that's Joe on the Joe Rogan experience. But, um, it's, but people aren't just saying like, oh, because he's a Christian, I hate him. It's, it's the supposed modeling after a specific type of church. Right. People, people aren't just being like, Oh, you are a Christian. How dare you? Because like, there's a spectrum. I think of of right. Christianity based on uh, tolerance and stuff like that. Sure. And so I don't think the argument was just based on religion. It was deeper than that. It was, it was this specific church. He it was goes where to, he goes to. Which, and all that stuff. Uh, which I, I'll say this: which allegedly follows the same model as Hillsong. Yeah. And with Hillsong, historically, people have claimed that. It is very anti-LGBT. So basically, yeah. people are, are connecting a lot of dots without, sure. in my opinion, without evidence. That's what I'm seeing. Okay. And I think I've even seen Chris Pratt say, yes, I go to this church. I'm a member of this church. But my the, me going to the church and their beliefs or practices or whatever doesn't necessarily define, one, my faith. And it doesn't necessarily define my ideologies as a, as a person either. Well, like, he's, he's saying that those beliefs aren't accurate. Right. He's saying that, no, they've always been accepting. So it's uh, taking his word versus um, someone else's word. You know, it's, yeah. he's saying that this isn't the case. And so- um, And he also hasn't he's done a proper, he hasn't done a proper sit down to sure. fully address this in full, like detail, sure. you know what I mean? Which I think would, I don't know if it's necessary, but look, this Chris Pratt hate is real. It's it's yeah. it's not going away. And I, I, I don't personally understand it. Like it's, uh, again, it's based on a, a lot of just what I would just call assumptions, but- if it continues, and it seems like it is continuing, I mean, you know, Chris Pratt is going to be voicing Mario. Like, Chris Pratt is, yeah. is continuing to work in this industry. Yeah. He's not going away. So I don't think the Chris Pratt thing's going, the Chris Pratt hate's going away. So as a result, like, I don't, he can make this decision on his own, but at a certain point, I'd be like, you know what? Let me sit down with Gail King or something. Let's just talk about right. this. Like, like yeah. I, it's just weird, but yeah. I don't understand it. Kind of feel bad for the guy, but anyway, we, uh, the, I mean, the, the Guardian story uh, in Marvel is, is coming to an end, not after Thor, but I believe, Guardians 3 is supposed right. to be the last Chapter. time we see any of them, according to James Gunn. This is the last time we see them. So um, that story is coming to a close. Yeah, and Mario, Mario, which is just still... That's a weird... Just baffling in general. Yeah, not you're because right. Of just the entire... Like, Charlie Day is just... That's weird, <laughs> yeah. right? Like... Totally. Why aren't we talking about that? How right. weird that is. But um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what else comes out. We'll see if he ends up addressing it fully because he's, like you said, he's kind of just said it here and there, but right. he hasn't really sat down and said anything. But, I mean, uh, to each their own at the end of the day, he's sure. he's saying one thing and someone's saying another, so it's it's really hard to tell. For sure. Uh, and with that, we can also transition to our next Hollywood hoedown story, which is Vin Diesel oh. and the fact that Justin Lin, who, yeah. was, who was assigned and was attached to direct the final Fast and Furious in, uh, installment, Fast 10, I think it's called. X. He, Fast, Fast, Fast X. Excuse you. 
excuse me, he is, he's out. He's yeah. out as director. He he's announced done. this a couple, like a day or two ago. And he said, I'm out, I'm stepping away. Universal was supportive. Uh, I, he didn't say creative differences, but there, like Variety and THR, they're citing sources saying it was creative differences. Yeah. Uh, he says he's going to stay on as a producer for the movie. But this is astonishing because he just, he directed uh, Fast 9. Um, he also directed Fast Five, I believe, which is a, a which is a huge hit. So he's been a part of the franchise for a while. He is he's a, he's been deeply attached to this franchise, and now in the final the final stretch, he's saying he's out. Now, yeah, I know you have some thoughts on why you think this might be. G give me your thoughts, because like I, I kind of came out of nowhere for me, and I was like, what is this all about? Creative differences. Is, is it Vin Diesel? Is Vin Diesel the problem? Like, is that what's going on here? I think it's Vin Diesel. <laughs> Vin Diesel is his, Vin Diesel is his own breed of human. Yes, he is. And he's quite the character. Yes, he is. That's a, that's, a nice way, that's a nice way to put it, for sure. Uh, that's the nicest way I can put it, yes. honestly. And, um, I, I mean, with everything that happened with Dwayne Johnson yes. and him, where um, allegedly yeah. uh, they got so heated that if they had a scene together, they had to shoot it separately. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. This is, this is um, interesting. And then obviously they did Hobbs and Shaw, which Vin Diesel is not a part of. And now uh, Dwayne Johnson's just not part of the story anymore. Right. And uh, you, you well, have to look at Vin well, Diesel, right? get, get Get this too. So literally just a few days before Justin Lin announced that he's out of Fast 10. Yeah. Vin Diesel posted a video on his Instagram, like literally three days ago, yeah. with him sort of... I'm not going to say hectoring or or heckling or kind of he's sort of pestering, seemingly pestering Justin Lin, literally the director. He's on set with him. They they had just completed week one of shooting. Yep. We have that video. Let's let's see what how Vin acted. What do you think, Justin? Week one, just finished week one. How does it feel? Feels like the beginning of uh, of an epic ending. Is it fair to say that this will be the best one? my heart yes oh! so this video is very cringe. you heard me say a different breed right yeah he's a yeah. different breed for sure but if you yeah. if you see justin in this video he's uncomfortable yeah. he's he's anxious he he doesn't he's not he's not down to be part of this little gimmicky video that vin diesel's doing you can tell he's he's leaving he's yes. thought about leaving already 100 yeah. percent. and yeah. like to your point i mean look with the with the rock and and Vin Diesel at the time when when that feud was like publicly seeping out, right. this was like a few years ago at this point. I, I when I was reading it, I didn't really know who to believe, frankly, because look, I, the Rock, I have mixed feelings about him too. Okay, like I could totally see him being a diva and frankly, kind of a piece of shit as well because he's got a big ego, he's got a big personality, and I know Vin Diesel's got a big personality too. That's what else. So I'm like, okay, maybe this is just two big personalities clashing who knows who's actually in the wrong or right. right but now and especially after that video you sent me of him and that re brazilian reporter or whatever it oh was that was gosh. hella cringe oh my god yeah, but that's um, my favorite video yeah it's, it was uh, but <laughs> after seeing that and then seeing the justin this justin lin video and then now seeing justin lin leaving yeah i gotta say it seems that there seems to be a problem with vin diesel like there's something about this guy that people just apparently don't seem to like you sure. know what i mean um and it's I crazy it. too because Brie Larson just signed on yeah. to be part of Fast 10. Like, this is like a few weeks ago. Like, she signed on. Vin Diesel made this big announcement. He's like, hell yeah, I got Captain Marvel, blah, blah, blah. And now your director's leaving. And, and uh -huh. I think they actually had to halt production because they, sure. they got to find a new director for this. You need a director, man. Yeah. 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 Um, we'll see. I mean, who knows if it's 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 been a long time coming or if he's or if he's really just fed up with Vin Diesel. I, right. I don't know if he's the cause of it, but... 
if if creative differences is the case, like you have to look at that. You got to look at um, maybe just the story in general. Well, and he creative, was like, I don't want to direct this story. Well, creative differences usually surface in the writing portion, right? Like when you're Sometimes, writing the yeah. script, it's like, what do you mean creative differences? The, the script is the script. The story is the story. What, what creative differences are we talking? I mean, shots maybe, I guess, or something. Yeah, but and, it, it could come down to, you know, hey, Vin, I want you to try this scene a different way. And uh, Vin says no. Like that uh, is a creative difference. You're right. That is. You know, so it, and it might not have been with Vin if that could have happened with anybody. But true. There's many reasons why um, a director can't see eye to eye. Right. So, um, I mean, who knows? The man? other funny thing to me that I'll, well, we can move on after this, but the funny thing to me is like, I know this is Vin Diesel's like heart and soul, this franchise is. Sure. This is part of like his movie identity, if you will. Um, he's got triple X and stuff like that too, but whatever. But after this, because this 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 franchise is going to end eventually. It's going to end. They're going to close the book on this. I hope. Yeah. And I'm kind of curious to see like what Vin Diesel is going to do afterward. Because it's like you've been right, you've been running on the on the on the gas, if you will, of Fast and nice. the Furious for for a long time now. What do you? I, what, I I haven't seen him do anything else but fast movies for the past like decade plus at this point. So I don't know what he's going to do or what he can do, but we'll see. I think uh, he'll, I think he'll go to cameo. You think so? I think that's where he's going to live. Cameo? Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, hey. It's a downgrade. You remember me from Fast and Furious? $100. I'll say happy birthday. Oh, God. Nobody else can do this job because they got too much feeling. We can finally get to our last segment, which is Stubbed or Snubbed. Sure. And this is kind of where we talk about what people went to go see this weekend at the movie theaters. And there's there seems to be a little bit of an inter- interesting trend. Why don't Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah. Uh, children's movies are still like kicking butt in the yes, theater. Yes, they are. Uh, last weekend, we had a couple movies come out. Uh, brand new. We had The Bad Guys, which is the uh, the animated film. Right. Uh, but then we also had uh, The Northman and uh, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, yes. right? Uh, the Bad Guys took home the gold. They got uh, right. $24 million, right. Uh right on top of Sonic 2. Sonic and, 2 is still number two. How Still it was, on top of Fantastic Beasts also. Which, yeah. Don't get me started. So rounding out the top three, it's it's Bad Guys, it's um, Sonic, Sonic 2, and then it's Fantastic, Fantastic Beasts. Beasts. Yeah. Uh, but then Northman came in fourth, 12.3, and Unbearable Weight made 7.1. I mean, both of those last movies flopped. Those are the movies I actually went to go see this past weekend. Sure. I saw Northman in theaters. I saw Unbearable Weight. Unbearable Weight did not live up to my expectations, unfortunately. <sighs> I, I, was, I, I was looking forward to it. Um, it just was, it was a little bit of a miss, but I could still sort of appreciate it in some, some respects. Sure. But that's just a fun, goofy movie. I don't think they were like looking to bank on that movie and like make hella money. That's not what the whole point yeah. of it. The Northman though, that was a huge disappointment because really? yeah, because it's, it's, a, is it Robert or Roger Eggers? I, I forget. Robert or Roger. One of the, the uh, do, director Eggers, <laughs> Eggers, let's just call him that. Okay. He's the director from The Witch. Yeah. He's the director from The Lighthouse. He's okay. a very art house, artsy kind of director. Sure. Those films are incredible in their yeah. own right. Oh, definitely. Um, and, and now here he is kind of seemingly trying to do the same thing with like a Viking setting, but right. with a way bigger budget. And it's it's like the way I sort of saw it, and the, the reason why I don't think it works is because he was trying to blend that artsy kind of horror element stuff he does normally in his movies with like an action movie. And he was trying sure. to like mash those together. Okay. And it didn't work. It just was like, it was like a mess. And like the action was like kind of shitty. I don't know. It just wasn't, I wasn't impressed at all. And it doesn't seem the, the the public was impressed either. They didn't go to see it. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's so interesting when you have a bunch of movies coming out that like uh, on on the same weekend that it just like splits that box office. It does. And you know, um, I mean, like it's like it's like an election. <laughs> yeah, it's literally like an election. Um, and you know, Doctor Strange comes out 
what, next week, I believe. Yeah, it's gonna, and so, that's like, going to clean up. Nothing big is coming out for a while after that. Right. There's some stuff, but, like, it's that funny thing where, like, okay, if it's a Marvel movie, everyone backs off. You see, like, once Marvel puts their date, you see other movies, like, change their times 100%. and stuff. But it's interesting when, like, three movies that, honestly, it doesn't feel like one got more hype than the other out of those three. No. Maybe Northman just a little bit, but... Sure. Um, yeah, a kid's movie is taking on the gold again. What, what do you make of that? The fact that kids seem to, kids and or families, if you will, they're the ones that seem to, these days, they're the ones that are flocking to the theaters more than anybody. Is, is, yeah. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's pandemic stuff. I don't think it's pandemic stuff. Like, I, 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 going back to Netflix, I think it's like Netflix and the fact that streaming is, you can see a ton of movies on, yeah. on, on streaming. Batman just dropped on HBO Max and apparently that's performed super well, like yeah. almost, almost comparably to how it did in theaters and it killed in theaters. Yeah. So, I don't know, people, I think the fact that there's, you can access more movies now st- streaming-wise is is sort of like playing out in the in the theaters and the fact that people aren't going to the box office. I think parents with kids, they want to get out of the house. They yeah. want to shut their kids up for a couple hours. That's my thinking. If I had a kid, I'd want them to shut the hell up for a couple hours. Let's go see Sonic, whatever. I'll check out, whatever. But I don't know, it just seems like it are, it's, it's sad to me that movie theaters and movie going experiences are now centered around kids. And like that seems, at least for now, what we're seeing that seems to be what drives people to the movie theaters. And it's, it's unfortunate because back in the old days, a good old-fashioned adult drama that was rated R could get some asses in some seats, and sure. that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's the same reason why a lot of studios try to keep their movies at PG-13. if it's, yeah. it's, it's wider audience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can get a lot more people in. And um, I don't know. I mean, it's the same thing with Sonic and the fact that, like, it seemed, while a kid's movie, that, like, all ages can appreciate it, you yeah. know, because you have the retro... You're right. Crowd and all that stuff too. True. And I was told that um, the bad guys kind of appeals to all audiences in terms of humor. Jim Obviously, Carrey? Uh, oh, you're talking Sonic? Yeah, sorry. What, what sorry, we... I was talking about the bad guys. Oh, my bad. I'm tripping. All right. <laughs> Jim Carrey, man. Um, yeah, he... Uh... I'll take it back. The, uh, the the bad guys is just like humor on all levels from what I was oh, told. Like a, like a Shrek type of thing or something? Yeah. Okay. Like a Shrek in a big way. But it wasn't marketed that way. Mm. You know, like Shrek, you can kind of tell from a trailer or something like that. Right. It's like, got some oh, adult, like adult I got humor. that joke. Right, yeah. right. But this just looked like a like a normal kids movie. And I think people were pleasantly surprised mm. when they took their kids and were like, oh, I that's can enjoy a this funny too. joke. Yeah, right, exactly. Right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, anything that's kind of appealing to all, but it seems like if 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 kids can go see it, it's just like knocking it out of the park right It now. is, yeah. for sure. So I guess that's that. maybe that's a cue for movie studios. Try to make movies that can appeal to the, the, the not the lowest common denominator, but just the widest yeah. audience you can maybe guess reach. So. so I guess But that's, would you go see like a big movie if it was rated PG? No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I'm, not into, I'm not into kid shit, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, like Marvel, I'll go see some more. I'm going to go see Doctor Strange because that's, that's a big deal. And I'm actually kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm not, like, not going to call myself like a comic book nerd, but like okay. ish. Like I'm kind of on the outskirts, kind of like curious. And I'll, like, I'll, I'll dabble in. I like DC a little more than Marvel. I know you're on the opposite end of that. That but is ridiculous. I'm sorry. I'm just, I like DC and their heroes are better. But anyway, uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that another time. No, um, I don't think we will. <laughs> I don't think we will. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, and with that, I think we can wrap it up. Um, cool. Great episode, dude. Thanks for coming on Thank and helping us out. Me. Yeah, of course. Um, stream us on Apple, Spotify, iHeart. Um, we're, on the, we're on the website. We're on TMZ.com. We're on YouTube. Um, check us out, and we will catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening to us. See ya. See ya.